evening, guys. How's everyone doing? This is AJK Health, Fitness, and Business. This podcast is about one thing and one thing alone. It's about inspiring people. If, if we can put a smile on one person's face for one second, wherever you are, no, it's worth it. That's why we do it here. And what we try to do is bring in people from all walks of life, from authors to fitness professionals to broke college kids, and you know, talk about what they're doing, how they pick themselves up, because the key is this, and this is the only quality we look for. It's to inspire people. That's it. I'm your host, Ali Khan, named after the boxer Muhammad Ali. That's a left jab, uppercut, and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> my dad's a big boxing fan. And uh, I have a very special guest with me today because he's been a personal motivation to me, and that's why he's here. And I can't believe that he said yes to doing the podcast. So, you know, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I'm, I'm super happy. Uh, it's Jared Feather. You know, he's an IFBB bodybuilding pro. How are you doing, Jared? Not too bad, my man. How, how are you feeling today? Well, I'm feeling great. You just got thank a good you, workout. Thank you for the kind words. No, my pleasure. Yeah. My pleasure. Did you yeah. get that good pump in today? Yeah, I train legs, so it's all, you know, down below, but it's there. No, it's, it's there. I promise I'm not driving. I can't drive yet. My legs aren't working, so I'll be here doing the podcast. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. You don't <laughs> want to be running off on us now. <laughs> um, so, guys, quick introduction before, you know, we get into the thick of it. First of all, what are we talking about? We're going to be talking about two things. The first thing is his personal story. Jared's story is super inspiring. It's super motivating. And that's why I have him here today. How did he pick himself up off the ground? What role did fitness play in his life? Because I know that you want to listen about this. I want to hear about this because it helped me too. It's, it's been the redeeming factor in my life. We're going to talk about that first. The second thing is, because the show is AJK Health, Fitness, and Business. You know, it's about business. How do you make a living when you take the road less traveled? In this case, as a fitness professional, which is exactly what Jared is doing. Who is Jared Feather? He's an IFBB pro bodybuilder, but he's not just any bodybuilder. You know, he's an educated bodybuilder. Uh, he has a master's of science in exercise physiology from University of Central Missouri, US, UCM, with extensive knowledge in sports nutrition and the science of effective bodybuilding, effective training. And uh, he has won numerous awards. You know, he's, he's jacked and he's shredded, including first place in, the, in classic physique at the NPC Nationals. He's also a former IPE, International Pro Elite Bodybuilder, and an NFF Bodybuilder. That's Natural Fit Federation. He has over 10 years of experience in bodybuilding, and he's also a coach with Russian Mike uh, at Renaissance Periodization, who specializes in bodybuilding and contest prep. And he's helped tons of clients achieve uh, uh, lead a happier and healthier lifestyle. Check out his Instagram page if you want to see the progress that people have made. There's like a ton of them out there. He has like 50,000 followers and growing. And you can also train with Jared at Tribe Fitness, which is T-R-Y-B-E. Don't worry about that. I'm going to put a link in the description box below. Um, or you can go to tribe.do. That's T-R-Y-B-E dot do slash jaredfeather.com. Jared, did I miss anything there in the introduction? Did I get anything wrong? No, I'm going to have to hire you to start making my uh, portfolios for me. That was a <laughs> fantastic. Thank you, man. Well, I appreciate that. That's what I do. You know, that's what I do. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You make me sound a lot more interesting than I am, you know? But you are. I mean, guys, have you seen his, <laughs> his YouTube videos? 
you know, super interesting. A, they work out like so hard. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised that this guy doesn't puke at the end of the workouts. Uh, I, I say that for Mike and Charlie. Ah, okay. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with thick skin. Uh, but, you know, you, you make it all interesting. You know, that's why a lot of people, and I actually got questions from people that watch your videos. So we're going to get to that section in the end as well. We're going to ask about some frequently asked questions. So it's super interesting. And you're an interesting guy. Why are you interesting and fascinating to me personally? It's because of your personal story, Jared. Before we get to get to, you know, the future and the present, I want to talk about the past, take you back. Sure. How did you find yourself in bodybuilding? What role has it played in your life? Well, first of all, I really appreciate it. Uh, never that I really think that my upbringing or anything like that would be like one of those inspirational stories that people can can look to and and kind of find motivation in and and relate to as well as people have told me they do. So it's it's really cool because I you know I'm not one to just like talk about struggles and personal issues and things like that. I think that we all just kind of are born into what we're born into, and we have to do the best of what we have. So it's it, this type of stuff gives me, you know, a little more motivation myself to share that story because I do know that it, it, not everybody's brain works the same way mine does. Like I, I can find motivation within myself and I can just kind of push and, and do, and just think like, yo, everybody's going through their own shit. Like, obviously I just got to keep moving forward. Sometimes people need a little boost. And if my personal story can help people with that little boost, you know, I'm, I'm happy to share it. I'm happy to share it. So it's really cool. But uh, to that, Basically, um, I was in high school and it was my mom. Uh, she went through multiple operations when I was a kid. And uh, we were, she was, you know, single parent household for the most part. You know, I had a stepdad when I first came into the world. And then around 10, he was out of the picture. And then, you know, later on, she remarried. But uh, for the most part, single parent household and all while having a, a plethora of health problems like seizures from multiple operations on her uh on her ear that was due to like a it's basically like a tumor that continually grew back um and there were multiple times when she was like put on pain medications that made the seizures worse and multiple times where we thought she was going to pass and basically one of the times when it was really bad uh i just we just kind of felt like it was coming and i my friend invited me to the gym after school and I just thought, okay, so school is my time away from home because I don't want to see that shit. And then, like, I'm a kid. There's nothing I can do. I didn't find myself intelligent. I didn't think I could, like, look things up and be like, hey, maybe see this doctor or that doctor because I didn't know anything about any of this stuff. I was like, there's nothing I can do to help. All I can do is make sure we have a roof over our head. I can make sure that I can help with the bills. And I can make sure that uh, that stress is at least taken away because the seizures were induced by stress for the most part. Um, but whenever it felt like she was truly going to pass, I honestly, that's when I picked up weight training. I was like, go to school three hours after school. Uh, I would go in the, I would go in the morning before school. Um, I had a a TA for a weights class. I had my own weights class and I would go home, go to my friend's house and we would do P90X after the gym for another two hours. So basically it was just sleeping at home, um, trying to stay away from that as much as I could. Um, and I, I to, to be honest, I don't know why I was a kid, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to see my mom die in front of me and it, it truly felt like that's the way it was going. Uh, but she ended up getting better, you know, six, six to 12 months after I started weight training, by that time I had fell in love with it. So, 
Um, we kind of bonded over that because she was, she was really into it when she was a kid before she had actually, when she was even in her early adult life, I think she actually ended up stopping the whole fitness endeavor thing when she got pregnant with me. So it's kind of funny because she like passed it on. Um, but yeah, she was hot. She was hot back in the day and she, she loved <laughs> fitness. So, uh, uh, it's cool that she kind of passed that on to me and, and she's actually able to train now and, uh, all, all that stuff is fairly under control. You know, she has episodes here and there, but it's, it's, it's fairly under control and, I get to help her with her fitness stuff and, and uh, kind of apply my knowledge of sports and exercise physiology to help make sure she's not uh, overdoing it and, and uh, being too strenuous. Cause a lot of people, when they go in the gym, it's excessively strenuous. And for someone like her, it just can't be that way. And we, since we know like RIR is good and general population can train three to four times a week and be fine. Like that's the kind of stuff that you just apply to people who are just trying to be in shape, just trying to be healthy. So it's cool because I get to help my family in that endeavor as well. But yeah, yeah that's kind of how I found it, you know? That's, that's amazing. You know, that's amazing. And that's how you found bodybuilding and it helped you, it helped you deal with the entire circumstance and the way, what, what I find the most fascinating about that. And, and the best part is that the way you interpreted the situation, right? A lot of people I have so many friends who, 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 who have, who have domestic problems, who have their parents who are sick or other problems, alcoholics and stuff like that. And they often, more often than not, instead of channeling that energy towards something productive hey i gotta take care of the household i know i can't talk to the doctors but maybe i can you know sustain sustain my mom my dad or i can work out they go toward the negative stuff the, the wrong stuff drugs uh yeah. you know, yeah, and stealing and stuff that's like a that. lot of so you know how did, i had how a lot did, of siblings who, who took yeah. that route so so how did if, if you also had a lot of siblings that took that route why didn't you as a kid you don't know better who introduced you to bodybuilding and why did you, how did you find this? Uh, knowing better kind of came from, I was the oldest boy. Um, and uh, I kind of saw, this is going to sound terrible, but the way that <laughs> my stepfather kind of treated the entire situation before he left um, and not truly kind of being like a man of the house um, and just seeing like how our poverty seemed to be our own problem uh focusing on getting things that we shouldn't get uh buying things we shouldn't buy uh trying to live above means things of that nature and i think at a young age i was fairly intuitive to the fact that we caused that or at least the way we were being raised like we you know that's that's our own fault um a lot of and that's not even my immediate family like that's nuclear in general so like I have tons of cousins and aunts and uncles who were all like addicted to drugs and seeing that stuff right before my eyes all the time. I was like, okay, clearly this is a bad investment and not good for time. And I've been seeing the same consistent bullshit for the last 10 years, 10, 15 years. So obviously living for the right now all the time is not a good thing. You know, just kind of something that intuitively is like, yeah, you can live for the day and you can be in the moment, but living just, and, and putting all your effort toward today being the only day that exists is kind of like, eh, maybe we should start investing for the future. So I kind of just intuitively thought, you know, drugs seem to not be so great for the future. Uh, spending all your money at once seems to not be so great for the future. Maybe I should be a little smarter in, in, in that and try to take this sort of man of the household type of role so I can potentially turn things around for my family eventually. I knew that this wasn't going to be something that was done overnight. And that's kind of why I got into university and stuff. Um, and when I found bodybuilding, whom you asked, it was my friend, Roy, my friend, Roy Madden. He was my best friend growing up. He was also 
uh, grew up in poverty. We just ended up meeting each other and, and we hung out all the time. And, you know, his family was similar into drugs. Like I believe his mom dated like the biggest drug dealer in our town. And like, he, you know, we were, we were going through similar shit at the same time and he had found weightlifting and he was really strong. And he like benched 250 when he was like 14, he was just huge. Um, so he's like, just come with me. We'll have a good time. And I did, we had a great time. And then whenever I realized that I loved bodybuilding and at the same time I was taking on this kind of role as like man of the house, I was like, this is the thing. This is the thing that can get me to help my family, uh, in the future. So maybe I talked to some people, uh, and it wasn't even bodybuilding in general. It was sports too. I, would, I just loved sports and I loved bodybuilding. And I thought, you know, when, when I'm a kid, it's like, maybe I just like, I graduate high school and I try for an assistant coaching position on the football team or some shit, you know, some shit like that. Cause I didn't think I was bright either. Um, you know, I was always told I wasn't <laughs> even by teachers and I was always kind of like looked down on cause my last name. Um, so I didn't know what the hell was going to happen in the future. I just knew that I could, I could do something, something for my family to help them not, not go through the struggles that we had my entire life. And yeah, I owe a lot of that to my friend, Roy. And, uh, was your friend Roy your mentor? Uh, was he the one who, you know, he was put just, you on the right was, track? Did you have someone that was able to, you know, he really, he case? really, to tell me just kind of like, you can do this type of thing. Yeah, you can do this, or you know, put you on the right track, or you know, guide you about what to do going forward. I was fortunate that there were a couple of teachers uh, that that, and this is how I think. If you want to be a teacher, this is this is a damn good reason to do it. They they truly saw the kids who needed it needed help. And they would talk to them even through like the, the frustrations and my, my inability to take authoritative figures advice. Like I, you know, coach football, my football coach, we butted heads even through my senior year, but he helped me to get a job uh, with Pepsi actually. And then I had a language arts teacher, uh, Miss Lindsay, who was amazing and she also kind of like would have me stay after class and was like, listen, you are very bright. Your papers are some of the pe- best papers that I, that I read. She's like, you're very creative. You're this and that. And just like hearing that kind of stuff and then hearing stuff from my coach. And then when my mom, when I, you know, when I talk to my mom and I, I tell her my frustrations, she's nothing but uplifting. And, and I had a few people who kind of kept me on the right track at least. Roy was a good friend of mine and we both knew that we wanted better. So we had each other around constantly for motivation to be like, Hey, we can do this. We can do better. We don't got to be like our siblings. We don't have to fall into these traps of, of all the shit bullshit around us. So we, we had each other through, through like middle school to high school. Even now we, we still keep in contact and, you know, we were very fortunate that we found each other and we had that. And we had a couple, another friend named Dwayne who was in another similar circumstance and all three of us just hang hung out all the time. We got, went to the gym together all the time and we kind of just pulled ourselves out of that. But yeah, man, like, like I said, my mom was nothing but supportive. She always told me I can do whatever I want to do. Um, and anytime, you know, seeing my mom in tears on like Christmas, because I went and talked to a church. So we actually had gifts under our tree was something that just like brought me joy myself. Like I love seeing that woman happy more than anything in the world. Uh, so everything that I did up to this point, it was, it was all so I could help my family just, live a better life because even though she was going through all these health circumstances, we had a roof over our head. So that's why I don't share, like, you know, that's why I don't complain about my circumstance. We had a roof. Was it leaky sometimes? Sure. We had water. Was it shut off sometimes? Yeah. We had food 
at the beginning of the month and not really the end of the month because we had food stamps. But she did what she could. You know what I mean? She did what she could. And I, I through her circumstances, I don't know how she did it. Uh, I, I really don't. I get a fucking headache and I'm done working for the day. You know what I mean? I can't imagine a constant irritating headache, ears ringing, a false tympanic membrane, having seizures five times a week and still supporting all the children that you had. Like, I understand she had a lot of children and that's, that's not smart either when you don't have a lot of money, but she had the children and she took care of them and she did the best she could. And I just feel like I need to do the same for her. So no, that's, that's amazing. And that's one of the most important things, right? Expressing gratitude for what you do have focusing on the positive as opposed to just the negatives in your life. Yes. The problems are there. But right. you can either focus and dwell on the problems. Hey, I have, I have this, I have that. I was born into this or my color, my, my, the color of my skin is this, which is why I can't succeed. Or, or right. you can focus on the positives. What do you do have? Because chances are there's probably someone out there that has it worse, you know? So you can Always. focus on the positive and try to build on that and try to make something of yourself. And you, you're a living, breathing example of that with what you've Thank accomplished. You. And we're going to get to that in a minute. How? Yeah, it's, it's, I like I made a post recently, like what you just said is very, very true. And at the same rate, that's not to dismiss that you're going through shit because my worst day ever could have been like <laughs> I was molested and some other shit happened and I got beat and then I got hot coffee thrown on me all in one day. But somebody else who's never experienced any of that shit, they stub their fucking toe and it, they feel the exact same way that I felt because that's the worst thing they've ever experienced versus the worst thing I've ever experienced. So maybe we feel the same way. It's just, you've never gone through that intensive shit to know that there's worse things out there. So it's like not to dismiss what you've gone through. Like that's very valid. And you should be able to talk about that stuff and you should be able to say, this is how I'm feeling because of this, but you can't sit there and let it control you. You have to move forward. There's no other way around it. And if you can't move forward and you're having a very hard time, there are so many people you can talk to, including professionals. And that is something that people just need to get through their heads. Professional help is fucking amazing. People need to do it more. I've talked to uh, counselors at universities. I've talked to therapists at universities before. Like it's, it's a good thing. Uh, it helps you get your mind right. And it helps you to just even just talk. And it how helps important you just get do you it out think, there. And how important do you think that support system was in your life do you think you could have made it without that support system without people telling you that hey you're a bright kid you're critically without your mom supporting you and you know taking nothing but uplifting or without the counselors right without my mother i have no idea <laughs> without everything else i'm sure because i butted heads with all of them anyway <laughs> i had you know uh even before the coach got me a, a position or like he helped me, he didn't get it for me. He like basically told the guy who ran Pepsi, I know a kid who needs to work. And he did it for a couple of us. Um, but I had to go to the interview. I had to do all this stuff. And even before that, I was like, this is terrible, but stealing from places just so my family had food or I was taking clothes or I was doing whatever I had to. Um, but there, I was going to find a way to help support my family no matter what. Uh, without my mother, I, I don't know, man, if she was just like, you know, <laughs> all the stuff she was going through, plus she was like addicted to drugs and she always put drugs above us because there are people out there like that. It would be hard. It would be very hard. And, uh, you know, I could see how I would, I would also get into the, that sort of mentality if that were the case. And, um, yeah. It's tough. And when you win and, and, you know, building on, on that, when, when you found yourself in not just bodybuilding, but in sports in general, what did that sport or what did sports or fitness bring to your life that, that, you know, that 
otherwise you couldn't have gotten? How did it you know, improve you or develop you as a person? Like I said, you know, authoritative figures weren't exactly something that I, I really had a liking to. But when you're in something like football or you're in class and, you know, there are rules and sets of principles you have to follow, it's like, okay, I'm willing to take this and be disciplined. And uh, even through my anger toward this person who's telling me what to do, even when I can fucking breathe, <laughs> like at football practice, like don't drink water, you can't have it yet. Like even through my anger and frustration with that, I have to display a certain level of stoicism to not be benched or not uh, get that sort of reward uh, that is out there simply because I have a lot of emotions and I want to express them. So being stoic through that, so my reward could be to play and not be benched was something I just had to bite the bullet and do. And it teaches you a lot of discipline. Um, and that's just kind of a way you need to look at life in general. Like I could have this now or I can put some stuff away and work harder and have a lot more of this later. And, you know, it teaches you a lot of that. So and that's a great, I'm very say. thankful. Go ahead, please. Well, I'm very thankful for that, for sure. Uh, sports and, and, and weight training in general. And that's the same thing with weight training. You know, you're putting in a lot of effort and you're seeing a lot of nothing at first. <laughs> you're seeing a lot of nothing for a long time. And then you oh look God. back, you look back and you're like, damn, I was you, for example, I was 120 pounds and cops were asking me if I was on drugs because I was so skinny. And now look at you, you're jacked. And like <laughs> that, that, that process took a while. It took a while and you did not give up on it. And you knew you had to invest a lot of energy and effort into that so you could have the outcome that you wanted. And you're still doing that. And it's the same thing with massing phases versus dieting phases. And it's, it's all, all of it is just one opportunity cost. And what am I willing to do now uh, for the gratitude I can receive later and, and, and the reward I can see later, receive later, you know? Absolutely. And, and actually that point, that point, that's a great segue into you as a coach and a trainer and a bodybuilder, that discipline, that understanding of the process, investing your time. And, you know, let's take that a step forward then. You're this motivational guy who's gone through a lot of difficult times, challenging times, and you've risen above them. You decide to, you, you graduate school and then you decide to go for a further education, uh, and you go to UCM, you get, you know, you get your MS in science. So tell me about following that road less traveled right into fitness. Um, it's a saturated industry. There's a lot of people out there. And uh, more often than not, I hear from people, right? It's very difficult to make it. There's a lot of people. How do I compete? How do I make money? How do you do it? What's the secret to becoming a successful fitness professional? How do you make a living? Yeah. How do you gain an edge? What did you do? So I have very mixed feelings on this because to be honest, I don't know how saturated it truly is. Um, I think we see a lot of social media marketing and uh, the people who do well put up a lot of before and afters. And I think when people say they can't do well and they don't feel like they can do well, it's because maybe they're just looking into online market. Maybe they're not looking into like in-person personal training. They're not looking into, okay, I could get a, a, a bachelor's degree, which is, you know, four years or even associate's degree. And I can work in a clinical setting because there's exercise in clinical setting. Um, I just think people, they see, cause a lot of, I hear that a lot with like quote unquote prep coaches. Um, you're not going to be the best prep coach automatically. And a lot of prep coaching is recruiting anyway. So it's like, this guy got this guy lean by starving him to death. 
Uh, but this guy is this guy, and this guy has de- these genetics, so it made the coach look really good, and now he has more clients. So the best thing that I can tell you, and like, how, how many top guys am I coaching in the, like at the Olympia level? Not many. And it's like I still am making quite a bit of money, and I'm doing very well, and people want me to coach them. And it's just because you have to be authentic. You have to be yourself. You have to be able to talk to people. You, you can't be lazy with check-ins. You can't be lazy with communication. If a client's not reaching out to you, and you don't have the means to say, well, fuck that. I'm not answering you either. Like if you're beginning stages, you're answering that fucking client. You're, you're reaching out to that client. If you're a coach who literally in like your questionnaire, you're like, hey, listen, I have a lot of clients and a lot of people want to work with me. So if you don't reach out to me, I'll fire you as a client. If you're not a coach who's in that position, then you better be reaching out to that client. Uh, you have to do a good job with who you have. And that should just be for everybody trying to get into this. If you're looking to be in like a gin pop personal trainer or an online coach, you have to have testimonies. You have to be able to work with people, even if it's for free for a little while, to make sure that you have really good workflow and to make sure that you have a really good resume because people and word of mouth are going to make your business a business. I helped when I was going through university, I mentored dozens of people. I helped train dozens of people. I worked with some athletes. I worked with people from home who were like, oh, my God, hey, I know this Jared guy who's in exercise science at UCM. How about I just reach out to him and I ask him some questions about fat loss, even just answering those questions. And all this shit was for free for the longest time. You have to be and you can't be expecting all this money like all the time. It's like, do you love your job or do you just want to make money doing fitness stuff? It's like I, I learned to love the process and I learned to love helping people achieve their goals before I ever was like, Oh man, I can't make it in this industry because anyone can make it in this industry. You can go be, get a damn, uh, like ACE certification, walk into Equinox on the East coast or West coast. They make 150 K a year and personal train your fucking ass off personal train your ass off, get as many clients as you can. It's, it's usually it's when I hear like it's saturated, I can't make it. It's a lot of laziness, man. I'm just, like I, I just train my legs and I need to go eat and I'm sitting here and I'm doing a podcast with you because I want people to hear this information. It's like people, other people are like, oh, got to sit around for an hour after my session, got to eat this meal, got to be full-time bodybuilder, can't, can't do anything else. It's like, how are you reaching people like that? You know, there's a level of selfishness that you should have because you have to be happy ultimately. But at the same rate, man, you got to work. That's, that's capitalism 101. You got to work and you got to outwork. You know, you got to be authentic. Opportunity lies in the eyes of the beholder. Right? A lot of people make excuses. They're lazy. They don't want to go out and do it because they don't want to leave their comfort zone. You have to rise and grind, work hard, saying, and be honest. And if, exactly. And if you go into it with the mentality of it's too saturated, I can't do this. Hey, fuck that, man. It's time to get over that mentality. You know. And you won't be able to do it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you believe you can, you can. If you believe you can't, you can. You can't. Exactly. Yeah. I used to love that quote. That was actually on my. Uh, on my screensaver for a long time when I was in college. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, it's on my screensaver too, actually. I'm not kidding. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Especially as an entrepreneur. So I love that. The, you also talked about, you know, the, you, uh, in answer to that question, right, about the secrets of a fitness professional and how it's more or less excuses. You can still make it. There's a lot of opportunity. People are just not looking at the right things. You also talked about, in part, you answered it by talking about the success, the qualities of a successful coach or a fitness professional or a bodybuilder. What, what, what in your opinion, makes 
are the are the qualities that you need to have to succeed in this industry? Um, you, you in part answered that, but I'm going to ask that straight up as well. What's the, yeah, what are the makings of a successful fitness professional? Yeah, you obviously have to be able to work when you're tired. <laughs> That's one thing. Um, but it can't just be all work, you know. You have to be somebody who can talk to people. And if you're not good at talking to people, I'm not saying change your entire personality. You got to find what works for you. And if online communication just seems to be better for you because you're able to put your words better through text or whatever it is, you can reread your paragraphs. You're like somebody who's very uh, neurotic in that sense. You, have, you can reread it. You can be like, oh, God, I need to say this instead. That's fine. Like, totally do that. Make your communication through text messages and stuff. If your clients, if you have in-person clients, but you're also a socially anxious person, put them through their session, have a good session with them. And then if you need to like piece your words together and send them a little text afterwards, like, hey, you did an amazing job. Uh, good job today. I'm super proud of you. Keep kicking ass like you are. Yada yada yada. If you're if it's hard to look somebody in the eyes and say that because you're just not that type of person, find ways. Find ways to just make it work for you. Um, but you got you got to look for those ways. And I know it's tough because you know, I, like I said, like my family has a plethora of issues. I've had siblings with depression and, and social anxiety and 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 helping them out of those shells too. Even myself, when I was in college, my freshman year, like I, I it was tough. Uh, I literally became a CARA just because I was not good at talking to people. And whenever you're a CA, you run an entire floor in a resident hall. So you're like, you're in charge of a bunch of students and you have to be like outgoing and this person who can like get freshmen to go to like all these events for the university and stuff. So I was like, I have to push myself out of my comfort zone. I'm socially not, I'm kind of an anxious person. Uh, I'm not good at presenting in front of people and I just got to do this. And I became somebody who was fairly okay at it. You know what I mean? And just you just find what works for you. And even if you never become okay at being like super outgoing and social, there are ways that you can make it work for yourself. Definitely. But you have to be genuine, right? That's what you're yeah, saying. You have to be genuine. Yeah. Just be yourself. And like, there are going to be clients that you even have that are the same way and they'll understand too. So it's like, even if like you're training them and they kind of sense like awkwardness and you just text them afterward, Hey, uh, sorry, the session's kind of weird. I'm feeling kind of off today, but I'm, I'm super happy that I got to, got to work with you today and I had a good time. You know, the, there are other people out there just like you more than you think. So again, just find, find what works. And if you are that bubbly outgoing person, bring that fucking energy to the training session and just make them have a good time. Absolutely. Be sure we're through yeah. it. And how, how yeah. important do you think these days is an MS or a bachelor's or some sort of degree in, in, in fitness science? How, how, how big of a role do you think it's played in your success as a fitness course? Do you think it's, it's needed? Uh, for me, tons. Um, when you are seen as an educated individual, people will uh, sort of approach situations with you a little differently. Um, I think that it can set you apart big time. That's not to say you have to do it. And I know a lot of people are worried about like debt and all that kind of stuff. I, mean, you know, I can't say I wasn't. My family lives off like 9K a year for my entire fucking childhood. Um, so seeing numbers like 40,000 in debt whenever by the time you graduate wasn't exactly something I was happy about. <laughs> but, you know, you talk to other people, you see their payment options and shit like that. So I'm not saying you have to go do that, but at least certification, which is going to cost some money too, is smart. Um, but that's why they have like all kinds of loan things and they have programs you can apply for and stuff like that. So I definitely think the more <laughs> letters after your name, the more credible you at least seem. And then if you can match that with your actual knowledge, that's good. Uh, I'm not going to say that it's it's hard to get a lot of, th I've seen people get master's degrees that I didn't exactly think were worthy of a master's degree. But uh, 
they have that and somebody's going to approach them very differently. That person can now be a strength conditioning coach if they want to be just because they have it. Um, so if you want to be a strength conditioning coach, bachelor's degree is at least going to have to be a thing. Um, then you got to take the CSCS and you have to have a bachelor's to take that. What's so, a CSCS? Uh, certified strength and conditioning specialist. So if you want to work for a university as a strength conditioning coach, you have to have that. Um, so if that's your path, it's better go on the education route. Um, if you are someone who learns very well by yourself online, you can do online university or you can do stuff like listen to all RP YouTube videos, listen to all the 3DMJ stuff, listen to like John Jewett's university for, for what he's doing currently. He, I mean, there are so many things out there and sorry, whoever I'm missing, like Martin nutrition, all kinds of stuff. Um, but there are things out there and literally you can just Google them and find them and, and see if they're credible and see how many people have taken the certifications and see how many people follow them on like social media and see how, good the information they're putting out is like if somebody googled uh best fitness company and at some point down the long list of google uh it's like bodybuilding.com blah 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 renaissance periodization and they click on the website and they see oh wow 20 people with phds you know they're probably going to be going more toward that if they're trying to be educated and if they see like you know all these people have a certifications and they personal train people so I would say education is very important. And even when it's not formal education, um, which is what I've been talking about, even when it's not formal education, if you can at least educate yourself on the things that you are passionate about, that's still education and it's very good. You still want to be as educated as possible. So again, looking into things like the 3DMJ stuff, the RP stuff, all the nutrition certifications out there, um, it's very smart, like precision nutrition and stuff like that. And, and, and in an answer to that question, right, there's a follow-up to that too. And this is one of the questions that I got from one of the listeners in the podcast. Uh, shout out to Omar Javid uh, from, uh, from UK. Um, oh, the, 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 the burning question that they had was, if I want to if I, if I enter the fitness industry, and it's going to take time to build the clientele, as you said, but it can happen. It's possible. Otherwise, any, if, if you really want to do it, you enjoy it and you're genuine about it, you love it, you can do it. <clears throat> you just have to rise and grind. But initially, because I also need money to sustain myself, but I also want to enter the industry. Right. Do you think a part-time, do, do you recommend getting a part-time job in the meanwhile? Or is that a must? Did you do it? Or do you have oh, to you, do this 24-7? No, if you want to sustain yourself and fitness is kind of like a passion of yours and a side, side project thing for now, treat it as such. Um, do as much as you can make the money you have to make there's all kinds of things out there now like uber and lyft and whatever grubhub whatever else like they're paying quite a bit of money and in places like i, I know <laughs> fuck, detroit there are signs to work at taco bell for 17 an hour like there are things you can do it's all out there it's just about searching and if you feel like you can't sustain yourself just by focusing on fitness alone obviously don't do that like i I took 18 credit hours. I had three jobs. I was sending most of my money home to my family and I was training twice a day. That's how I was in the university all four years, maybe five hours of sleep a night. I, I, it wasn't much <laughs> like I was studying. I was in the library for at least 20 hours a week. I was making sure that uh, my family was supported. I was driving back and forth to visit my mom three hours, both ways, like Amazing. three hours there, three hours back. Um, like I was doing a lot of shit and you don't have like, that's an innate thing inside of myself where I'm super like, if I know I have to do something, it's time to fucking do it. Um, and that's just how I looked at it and I treated it. And there are days where you wake up and you don't want to fucking move. I get it. Um, again, that's where talking to people helps. 
So you don't have to be as like gung ho and fucking motivated and as workhorse attitude as me because my social interaction bar for my total energy is very fucking low. So if yours is a little higher than mine and you got to fill that void by like going out on the weekends and stuff and you want to take some time away from something else so you're not overdoing it and your stress isn't like overloading, like if you look at it as a battery bar and like you have a certain level of social interaction, a certain level of work that you can do and still be happy. And then you're like, you have your happiness, like do find what's working for you. So you're not overly stressed and just do that for a very long time, be consistent and you'll be good, but you have to be able to be consistent. So that's why, like, if you look at it as kind of like an energy bar and you put like little words in there, it kind of helps. It's like, okay, so I need like two hours of social interaction with people a week or like a day. Uh, and I'm good to go. And I need like, four hours of my nose shoved in a fucking book because it makes me happy because I'm learning shit. And I need four more hours of me in the gym every day because it makes me happy. Do I need to spend four hours in the gym? Probably not. Are my sessions like two and a half hours in the morning and then like another hour at night? Yeah, they sure fucking are because it makes me happy and I love it. (laughs) And you also meet people doing that too. So you're like social interaction too. So if I didn't have that all through college, I probably wouldn't have done as well as I did. I just found that formula, that algorithm, and I, and I fucking played into it the entire time I was there. Like, I knew I had the shit I had to do in that bar. There's shit you have to do. And then there's the stuff that, like, all right, I can play with these knobs a little bit. Makes sense. Makes sense. And, you know, to, to the, uh, toward the end, they talk about how long the sessions are, which are two and a half hours in the morning, sometimes an hour at night. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 uh, that leads me to my next question, which Jamie asked. Um, that's another listener about how long does an optimal training session have to, have to be? Does it have to do I have to spend two hours in the gym or can it, can it be 40 minutes? Uh, it's, it's really just about how much total volume you need, what the stimulus applied is and how long are the sets going to take? Uh, what's, what's it like for you? Like it's just all principle. So there's no optimal. Um, I mean, there is, there's an optimal for you in some range in there somewhere. Probably don't minimum know effective volume, minimum uh, maximum recoverable volume. Yeah, if you want to train MEV through MRV, you're going to be looking at like, you know, 45 minutes to an hour and a half probably per week, uh, depending on where you're at in the message cycle. And if you're trying to uh, sort of make sure everything else in that session is optimized, like rest times, because heavier compounds probably require more rest time. So you're not just like sandbagging through some of those sets. Uh, if you want to do push some metabolites, you can do that. Um, really, it's just about what's working with your schedule and stuff, because if you need to do two, three straight message cycles where you're only getting in the gym 40 minutes and maybe a bunch of metabolite sequestration is very smart. So you use a bunch of intensity techniques in your training and you go in there, your sessions are pretty small. Like at this time, time wise, they're like on the lesser end. Uh, you're still providing a good stimulus. You're still training pretty close to failure and you're still getting in a good 15 to 20 working sets per week for your body parts. That's fine. Um, you can't do that forever, obviously, because a lot of these things don't regulate, but Going in there, being consistent, and making sure that you're trying to at least overload macrocycle to macrocycle and get stronger and better is probably a pretty good thing. So just do with your time what you can. And if you realize that there is time you can spend versus want to spend, like you, you can't be in there longer than a certain time, then just tailor the training to such. So with me, if my sessions are two and a half hours, I'm just doing everything possible. I'm like, heavy compounds, four to five minute rest. I want to get every, my, every set needs to be effective. I want to push it pretty close to failure. It's going to be hard to recover because of that. Um, and then if it's legs, I'm going to have like four exercises or something. So I know it's going to take a long time, 
if I knew I only had an hour to spend in there, I would just do a lot more metabolite bullshit, a lot more mile rep sets and get effective volume that way. Um, because the tension on the muscle fiber is kind of like what we see as the main driver for hypertrophy. I kind of want to be in that upper echelon of providing a lot of stimulus more often than most because I'm a professional bodybuilder. So I just give myself that time. My bar is like this and my time in the gym is going to be like this always. I'm not sacrificing this as far as my professional bodybuilding career for anything else. So if that digs into my social interaction time, I don't give a shit. If it digs into my time where I'm trying to watch TV at nighttime, whatever, if I, if I miss 30 minutes with my nose in a book, that's fine. Um, but as far as my professional bodybuilding career, I, I tend to prioritize that. Um, it's at least, you know, top three outside of like family and stuff like that. Makes sense. Makes sense. And then one more question, and this is going to be the end of this section out of respect for your time. I'm going to then ask you about two more things and then we should be done because I know you have to go. So we talked okay. about, you know, your personal story, which is super inspiring and motivating and just how, how, how bodybuilding and sport helped you work through everything and rise, rise to the point that you're at, you're at now, which is a very successful trainer working with runners on spiritization and a professional bodybuilder. We talked about, you know, how to make it as a fitness professional. Uh, I have one more question. Um, this one's from Davey Brenz. Okay. Yeah. I pronounced that right. Davey Brenz. And um, this one's what I, so I love bodybuilding and I love fitness, but these days, because of the pandemic I've, for the past year, I've only been doing bodyweight workouts, right? That's it in my basement. Uh, and I've maintained my muscle mass. Is this, can I keep doing bodyweight workouts or do I have to start hitting the gym? Uh, that question is a big ass. It depends. <laughs> If he means keep doing body weight and maintain muscle, then hell yeah. Uh, just keep overloading when you can. Um, when you're really fatigued, take deloads. Come back, change the variations a little bit, provide some novel stimulus, and you can do that indefinitely um, and maintain your muscle tissue. Uh, maybe buying some light dumbbells, some bands here and there is probably a smart thing. Um, but yeah, you can definitely maintain your muscle, maintain your muscle tissue. Uh, unless you're like super fucking jacked and you're like a 250 pound bodybuilder who's lean, that'll be a little harder. Uh, there's still lots of ways to sequester metabolites. This is going to be fucking rough. Um, those sessions are going to be very gruesome and brutal, especially if they're body weight and you're going to be in pain. But for the most part, even someone like that can maintain their muscle tissue with just body weight stuff. It's just finding those body weight exercises. And like, uh, let's see, Cassim, he has a lot of good body weight stuff that people can do. Uh, he's found ways to rig up bands and shit like that for like pretty cool leg extensions. Um, we have our own at home training thing with uh, just body weight and bands. I, th I think on the Renaissance periodization website, I know there's an at home thing. It might have some dumbbell shit, kind of like a P90X style thing where it's like, okay, for this workout, you need 20 pound dumbbells and uh, whatever, a chair. Um, but there are also ways you can always modify that and you can, there's so much shit out there now for pandemic training that you can just, Hey, what's a variation for the uh, banded good morning. And you'll find something like it's pretty easy. And how, and lastly, how can we increase metabolism or can you not uh, increase your metabolism? Yeah. Increase metabolism. Get, I believe it or get, not. I got get, get, get really muscular, take some drugs, <laughs> but, but on a serious note, yeah. From a build, natural build, standpoint, build muscle tissue. Uh, Build, build muscle tissue and so metabolism is the sum of all anabolic and catabolic processes so what you mean is like how can i make sure that i'm eating more food and still staying the same weight and being jacked and stuff and that's just create muscle tissue 
So build muscle, diet down, maintain that dieted down state for a while. So that way you can create a new settling point. And then every time you get back to that new point, you're eating more calories and you build some tissue. Same thing. Repeat the process. And so like your, how much you weigh now? I'm 175 pounds. So you're 175. It used to be 120. You're probably maintenance calories now are pretty high. Yeah. Compared to when you were 120. 3,500. Right. You're eating 3,500 now. And you probably have, you probably take periods of time in which you maintain 175. So you can actually get to like 3,600, bump it up a little bit. Um, when you were 120, you were probably eating like 2,000. And that was your maintenance. So yeah. there you go. Build muscle, you know. Makes sense. And with that, we're going to wrap this section up. And finally, we're going to ask, I'm going to ask you a couple more questions and then we should be done. And then you can, you know, go ahead and get your food in your system and then, you know, maybe go prepare for your evening workout session yeah. and go from there. And I'm sure you have clients and other stuff to do. But, uh, and this one's about RP and you, right? How can, sure. how can people get in touch with Renaissance periodization? If they want to get in touch with Jared Feather, how can they do that? Uh, yeah, yeah. And maybe you could address some other concerns such as, you know, are there any criteria, international clients, pandemic and stuff like that. So give, just give us a, give the listeners a rundown about how they can get in touch with the company if they want to work out clients, stuff like that. Sure. Sure. So, uh, Renaissance Periodization has a YouTube channel. There is an IG and there's the website in general where you can email customer support. You can email probably Nick himself. Um, that's the CEO. Um, so the website, the uh, RP YouTube, um, RP Instagram, and those are the, probably the best ways to reach out if you just, in general, want some information about Renaissance Periodization. Um, I go on the RP YouTube channel if you want to get in touch with me. Sometimes I go on there, answer some questions. Uh, I have my own Instagram, Jared underscore Feather. Um, if you're trying to get in contact with me for coaching, um, there's a huge ass email button on my profile. And for some reason I still get DMS. How do I contact you? Use the email button on Instagram. <laughs> on Instagram. You go to my profile. It says email, email, hit it. Cause I'll look at my DM sometimes. And I have like, fuck six, seven, eight inquiries. And they're months old because I get like the private requests or whatever that is the outbox that it gets shuttled. You to don't, if I don't follow them. you. So I don't see them for a long time. I'm like, oh shit, my bad. Email me if you want some info. Um, but as far as that goes, uh, yeah, currently I limit my capacity for clients intentionally because I don't think that's another thing. I guess this could be put into the part or it can go with the part. Like how do you set yourself apart? You do a good job with the people you have. Uh, when you're oversaturated and overstressed, you can't do that. So I limit my clientele. <laughs> So I currently have a full clientele. Um, I don't necessarily have, I have like somewhat of a wait list, but it's been so long. And, uh, you know, some people are like, they'll hire coaches and shit like that. And I'm just not going to take the time to reach out to everybody. So it's, like, so it's like, if you email me and I have your email, that's number one so that I can at least email you. Um, but yeah, I do tend to work with people that are mostly competitive now. Um, I don't do too much gin pop, but my little brother interns under me kind of, in a sense, uh, I see everything he does and he's getting his degree in exercise physiology. Um, I send a lot of general pop clients to him or to the other prep coach, Sam Okanula from, uh, he's on the page. Um, and then there are a couple other people I, I would send people to if they're like competitive and enhanced, 
because um, I don't I don't like to mess with the enhanced stuff too much. Breaks um, the laws of physics. Right. <laughs> uh, so I just uh, yeah. Generally, right now I'm pretty booked. Uh, prices are on the Renaissance Periodization website. It's the elite coach, elite physique coaching. Uh, mine are a little higher, so the price you see is the price for Sam. Um, when you click my name, if you if you can, when I'm open, it's a little higher than what it is. Um, and it doesn't matter if you're international or you're someone from here, um, from the United States. I, How does it work I, for people that can't do in person if they're international? How would it? Nobody, work? nobody does in person with me. I don't do personal training. Okay. So, yeah. so how does it work? What What are the services at RP? Uh, all online coaching. And then we, most of the stuff that we do is writing books. We have the app, the diet app, which is awesome. If you want to diet, um, like my fitness pal but it's machine learning and it tells you exactly what to eat and it notifies you like hey it's time to eat it notifies you hey you forgot to weigh in it's like a coach that nags you basically it's a it's very impressive um mike israel is the head on that and we have amazing engineers who made a, a beautifully designed machine learning app that literally is a coach in your pocket for diet it's awesome and i get no i get nothing from that it's just the fact of the matter like i love technology I love uh, everything about machine learning and that app is fucking beautiful. So we have that. Um, but yeah, as far as I go, uh, pretty booked up. Like I said, I limit my clientele intentionally and it's mostly to competitive bodybuilders. Um, I have a couple, like I have an actor and I have some other people like special forces type of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's. But RP also does mom and pop for recreational listeners that oh, are that's, that want to get absolutely. Fit. Yeah, yeah. If you just go to Art Renaissance Periodization, you click on the coaches. Uh, there's there's 20 plus coaches, and like I said, they're all educated registered okay. dietitians. That's awesome. Registered dietitians, people with PhDs, and like neurophys and shit like that. It's insane. Um, and then we have all the templates. We have the app. We have training templates. It's there's a lot out there with RP. Jared, one more question. And then I'm going to ask you, is Olympia still the dream? I don't know if it's ever been the dream to begin with. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, I heard you say this once at least on one of the podcasts, you know, I will, I, I will be going to do I, the Olympia. It's going to happen. There's, it's going to happen. I, I will be on the Olympia stage. It will happen. Um, that's mostly to, when people develop a liking to athletes, to develop a liking to their way of thinking and to their inner lockings of their life, kind of. So if I can provide value uh, to the scientific community by bringing a lot of people that type of information because I'm a higher level athlete, then that to me is very, very, very worth it. And that's the dream. The dream is to provide value in the scientific community to show people there's a better way of thinking and understanding and we can all progress together. And it's not about being right. It's about finding the truth. And that's just with everything in life. So it's, if I can bring that sort of thought processes or thought processes to people, it's that to me is a dream. I um, ask because... when people reach out to me and say, when people reach out to me and they say stuff like I highly admire your intellect and I highly admire the way you, uh, view things and the way that you go about your training because it's very scientific and I've applied that to my own life and I've applied that to my own my own field of work that's fucking awesome to me I love that it's very cool and it helps us progress as a species much much better 
And I, I, and that's, that's amazing. And that's exactly the approach that I've taken largely because of what you guys have done at RP. I've learned from you guys it. about the science of fitness and nutrition, which has changed not just mine, but my parents, my, uh, my, my, my girlfriend, my, my brother, everyone's life as well. Um, I ask because most people on the Olympia stage are enhanced, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you're a natural bodybuilder. You, you follow science, I, but science can only so far. So I'm sorry. I was a natural bodybuilder. Oh, you were a natural bodybuilder, which means now you have that, that platform mm-hmm. that you can use to get to the next stage. Correct. Because scientific principles can only take you so far, right? Um, when well, you, I mean, you're competing with you're still, Rami, you're, you're still applying those even 50, when you're enhancing. Right? You're actually applying more. You're applying more. That's absolutely true. But then yeah. you have to be enhanced to, you know, I would imagine to get to the Olympia stage. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to be the top guy in, in the open bodybuilding category, you're taking stuff. But that's another thing with me. Uh, I crossed over in order to help people do that more intelligently. So people aren't fucking killing themselves. Um, so there are better principled approaches to doing that as well. So and there's that's no another, negative. That's another thing that really. Of, of course there are. Yeah. Uh, that's something that somebody has to ask themselves ethically and morally if they're okay with. And if they are, there are ways to mitigate the exact health costs and the exact uh, amount of negativity that's going to come with it. So if you can, for me, it's worth it. If I have minimal issues and I can help other people have minimal issues and live long, healthy lives because they they didn't do it ignorantly, then that's worth it to me. And I'm fine with taking that little chunk of my life away. So that way that other people can, can see that and be the same. And they don't die when they're 35. Exactly. Makes exactly. sense. Makes sense. But they yeah, have to be okay with that with that cost. They have to be okay with that. That's something that they have to talk with themselves about and have to make sure that it's okay and yada, yada, yada. It's a, that's something that I, I like to talk people away from. Um, don't do it if you don't have to. Just, just don't. Yeah, it's not worth it. And that's, that's very commendable. I, I really appreciate that. And I'm sure the listeners do as well. Jared, to finish your question and then we're done. So you're a, you're a part of the crew going to Mars, right? Miraculously oh got on Jeff Bezos or uh, Richard Branson's <laughs> space shuttle by paying $500,000 okay. a pop. That's, I mean, oh my God. Um, so you're a part of the crew going to Mars, right? Mike got you Oh there. boy. And um, what is the one thing? And you, you're not going to be back though, right? Once you get there, we don't have the tech to be able to get back yet. So you decided. It's your decision. You just want to go. Okay. Um, so you get to Mars, you can't come back. What's the one thing that you want to be remembered by? That I want to be remembered by on earth? Yeah. Oh boy. Well, here, these questions are really hard for me because then I get into like a lot of hypothetical debates because if we have the technology to go there, we're going to have the technology to come back, especially if we're going to put life on it. In, in this case, we don't. This is, this is my, <laughs> my, my setup, right? I get to create the, the sick of times. So I know, well hopefully it is that science is the surest way to the truth and if you guys left on earth can realize that and you can use that to your advantage and you can reach you know a point in time in which you aren't super concerned with issues that don't exactly matter too much and you can be more concerned with the progress of humanity then you will all reach mars and beyond because the technological singularity will come eventually and hopefully more people are 
sure of the science and a lot less sure of the science than they are now. And they, uh, they start kind of treating each other a little better. And Jared, for these three top tips to success are? Oh, good God. That's, that's tough. I, I don't know if I can narrow that down, man. <laughs> Be yourself. Be yourself. Work your ass off. You have to work your ass off. Um, and this is probably a pretty good one. These aren't even my top three, probably. I'll probably think of shit after this and be like, wow, I should have said this instead. But this is very important, and I put this in my post. Try shit. And I'm just going to fuck up. I've been cussing a lot anyway. It's probably fine, right? Yeah, it's okay. You're good. You're good. I, I encourage open communication. Perfect. So you can fuck up as many times as you want. But don't give up. Try shit. Try all the shit that you're passionate about or you think you have any inkling of liking to, if that's drawing, if that's fitness, if that's some sort of artistic form of expressing yourself, if that's you literally like watching the dump truck drive by your house and pick up the trash. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, whatever it is, if you feel like you're lost in life and it's it's generally due to because you're not doing stuff, you're, you, it's your own laziness, like, don't be scared to try shit. You can fuck up like as many times as you want to, but just giving up is not an option. And if you feel like it is, again, talk to somebody. Like, just do it. Talk to somebody who is a professional and they will help you. But listen, fuck up. It's Honestly, it's good for you to mess up. I fucked up so many times in my life, I can't even count them on two hands and two feet. But uh, it's just about continuing to move forward. And own it too like own it yeah i fucked up i messed up like it's fine okay. that makes you feel so much better it makes you feel so much better than like oh no like yeah i did this but it was because of this like it's fine it's fine it's like no you fucked up it's fine you fucked up and now move forward it's good <laughs> guys be you absolutely work hard and try different things and if you fuck up it's okay Okay. It's all going to be okay as long as you keep trying, you be you and you work hard. You heard it here first from Jared Feather. And I really, really appreciate it, Jared. I, as I said, yeah, I cool. can't believe cool that the... you got on the podcast. You know, I, I've, yeah. I've had an amazing time. My bad for going 10 yeah, minutes man. over time. I just, yeah, I lost it's track. It's, it's all good, Your man. No, it's, cool. It's, cool. it's cool to do these little philosophical podcast every now and again and it's just it's, steer away from the sports i appreciate that thank you it's extremely yeah. motivating i know it's going to yeah. change people's lives because it okay. did for me right uh, hearing about your story you. helped me uh, give me the energy and the desire and the discipline that i needed to turn my my physical my mental my financial life upside down and it's 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 been I it. and i know it's going to do the same thing for the listeners as well so give my best to uh, Russian Mike. By the way, I said Russian Mike three times to the listeners who don't know about this. That's Mike Israel, <laughs> who is also a, you know, he, he works at Renaissance Periodization. And he's a really funny guy. Um, too, too funny. Too funny sometimes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I right, especially off you, camera. Yeah. 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 I, 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 recommend, I recommend that you go and watch the YouTube videos. You get in touch, you know. Uh, and I, I link everything down to Renaissance Periodization, Jared Feather, and everything that you talked about, a brief description in the description box below, right? You, my name is Ali Khan. You can get in touch with me through my email, my Instagram, 
uh, my Twitter, uh, Facebook. I'm all over the place, LinkedIn. And if you want me to interview anyone else on the podcast, just send me a name and I'll try to get in touch. This was AJK Health, Fitness and Business. That was Jared, Jared Feather, Sabbath. IFBB Pro <laughs> Bodybuilder. And I'll see you guys next time. Thank you.